Welcome to the RV Podcast, episode 433. This week, RV travel with a purpose. Hello and welcome everybody. I'm Mike Wendland. This is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. And it's delighted to be with you on this podcast. Uh, Episode 433 of the RV Podcast. We just came back from about a month of travels, and we can't wait to go out again. <laughs> it's been like that, isn't it? It's been a little crazy. Yeah. Hey, quick announcement. Uh, we have a new giveaway that we want to tell you about. We announced it on Ask Us Anything Sunday night, and it's really uh, aimed at you guys who have dogs and you travel with dogs. This is uh, something we're giving away. It is the spot-on satellite GPS dog collar. And uh, this thing is amazing. We bought it uh, for our dog, Bo. Whoops. We bought it for our dog, Bo, back in, um, uh, I guess it was late fall. And uh, he has been uh, fence-free. Uh, electronic fence is actually you set up kind of a wireless fence. Works with the satellite. And it uh, keeps track of where he is. You can draw as many of these fences as you want. Uh, we've got one in... Tennessee on about three acres and in Michigan on about five acres. You can set it up when you're at a campground or at a friend's house. It works through trees. When the dog approaches the boundary that you set, well? Well, it hears a little noise. Here's a beep. And if it goes, still continues to go, it hears a little bit louder of a noise. And then a little closer and then it'll like vibrate and uh, a little correction and he comes back and it's peace of mind. Anyway, we're giving it away free. It's uh, uh, the next two weeks. You can enter as many times as you want. Just go to rvlifestyle.com slash sweepstakes. rvlifestyle.com slash sweepstakes. The spot on GPS fence. Uh, go to that uh, sweepstakes page and you can learn all about it. We're giving it away. And this is really a great thing. Register for it. If not for yourself, for somebody that you know, try to get it. It is so nice. And it, it's, it seems expensive, but it's not really that expensive because we have invisible fence on our yard. And we've had it for years. And that was very expensive. Very easy to train both. And uh, this, is, this is easy. Well, we are in Michigan right now. We just arrived back here from... Uh, our trip to, uh, well, first to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, then down to Tampa, then uh, from Tampa to the Emerald Coast and the Panhandle, and from there to Tennessee. Uh, a shout out to all the folks that we uh, got to hang out with in Linden, Tennessee over the weekend. Uh, we did a meetup uh, with the folks that were coming down to tour the uh, woodlands uh, at Buffalo River, which is where we have our five acres of property. And it was really fun meeting everybody, wasn't it? It is. It's it People who like to camp, like the woods, they're my kind of people. <laughs> and we've met a lot of them from all over the country. Uh, Going to have a fun interview today. We recorded this interview at the Tampa RV Show, and it's coming up in the next segment here. Uh, but first, we want to introduce you to a new sponsor. And uh, this is a different sponsor. We've never had these guys on before, but we are um, big-time users of their product now, as you'll see in this message. The one thing that can ruin a perfect RV trip is a bad mattress. And believe us, we know. Over the years, we've tried many and found them all wanting. Until now. Now, we sleep on the RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding. Quite simply, it's the best we've ever slept on. We chose a queen-size Aurora Luxe medium-firm mattress, and it arrived tightly rolled in a box, 
All we did is put it on the bed, unroll it, and wait for it to recover from the compression. Oh, does this ever feel comfy? It's so cushiony. Then we put on the sheets and the bed covers, and we found ourselves ready to order another one for our home. That's how comfortable it is. That first night's sleep was luxurious and deep, and it's been like that ever since. The RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding comes with a 120-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty. Shipping is free. If you're disappointed with the current mattress in your RV, you owe it to yourself to try the RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding. Something else that's very important is that Brooklyn Bedding manufactures all their RV mattresses in their own factory in Arizona. This means they're able to use premium materials at a reasonable price for you with no middleman bringing up the costs. And right now, if you visit rvmattress.com slash rvlifestyle, you'll get 20% off your mattress with the code rvlifestyle. Again, use the promo code rvlifestyle for 20% off the cost of the RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding. We're sure you'll be as thrilled with your RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding as we are with ours. It really is the most comfortable mattress we've ever slept on. Welcome back, and now it's time for the interview of the week. And uh, this interview was recorded uh, live at the uh, Tampa RV Show, the Super Show, uh, back in January. You'll hear a little bit of noise in the background, and that's because it was a very active and busy place. But we talked to two folks from um, Habitat for Humanity. Danielle, who you'll hear first, and then uh, you'll get a quick meet with a volu another volunteer named Don. And we learned all about how you can do RV travel with a purpose through Habitat for Humanity. If you've ever gotten a little bored, wondering what to do, you've been there, done that, this is a project that so many RVers have embraced, and uh, it's a pretty cool program. We found out all about it at Tampa, and now you are gonna find out yourself. Well, Danielle, thank you for making some time for us. You're welcome. We're talking about RVing with a purpose. Okay, you came Tell to the right place. So the name of your program is called RV Caravanners. Yes, sir. That's so clever. Yeah. So <laughs> Tell us why and how we become a part of it. What do you do? Why, why should we do that besides helping people? Absolutely. Obviously? Well, it's a great way to see the country. And while you're traveling, you can give back. We call it Travel with a Purpose. If you're familiar with Habitat for Humanity, we build low-cost, decent, affordable homes for people. And this is a program within Habitat that's for specifically for RVers. So it involves camping, low-cost camping, sometimes free camping, and it's on your schedule. You can go to our website and sort by state. We'll put a link right oh, there. Perfect. Yeah, sort by there. state. You can sort by date. So when you're making your travel plans, you can see where the builds are. And it's a wonderful way to meet other RVers who are also traveling and doing habitat work. And you build with local folks. It's just a really great program. Tell us what you build, how long you have to serve. It's typically a two-week commitment. We also have a program that's called Collegiate Challenge where you're working with college students. That's a one-week commitment. But you're doing anything, it just depends on the stage of construction that the build is in. It could be, it could be initial stage of construction, which would be framing. 
It could be you're near the end, so you might be doing some painting, some finished carpentry, hanging cabinets. It's everything from soup to nuts. No, you don't know us, and we're not real handy, but we would love to help. We don't have a lot of construction skills. You don't have to have any construction experience. We'll teach you everything you need to know. You don't have to have your own tools. You can, we'll, the tools will be provided for you, and if you're uncomfortable with a particular job, you can let your team leader know, and they will find something else for you to do. But it's a great way to learn some new skills. I didn't know how to operate a chop saw. I can do that now. A chop saw? I don't even know what a chop it's just, saw is. It's just, <laughs> it's just a saw when you're on, if you're doing framing, people can just call out a dimension of a board to you, and then you can cut it, save them getting up and down a ladder. You can organize the tool trailer, make sure all the batteries are charged, hand out water, make sure everybody stays hydrated. We typically work about seven hours a day. We take multiple breaks. We break for lunch. We have a break in the morning and a break in the afternoon. And it's a great, you can work at your own pace, basically. Tell us about some of the people who do this. They're everything from, you know, younger folks. I'm 60. We have people that are in their 80s doing this. Traveling around with their rigs, going from site to site. Don, a uh, guy here. This is a build, by the way, at the RV show. This is a build because we're trying to recruit volunteers and spread the word about the program. But Don's going to go to Dade City, which is 30 miles north of here. He's going to go there for two weeks. He's early 70s. He's got his own rig, a Class C, and he goes there for two weeks. Then he's going to go to Sebring after that and build there. So, uh, for a lot of people who get just kind of tired of sitting, Sure. Uh, this is just such a, a great tool. And like I said, you just work at your own pace. So if there's a build that fits in your schedule, great. If it, if something works out with your travel plans and you're like, well, honey, I don't think we can do anything for the next couple months, that's fine. It's no obligation on your part. It's it's particularly on your schedule. I would imagine that a lot of people become pretty good friends. After Absolutely. You, you do wind up seeing some of the same folks out there on a build. Um, we had a build in Fort Myers a couple years ago that was the, the uh, 30th anniversary of the program and so we saw came across a lot of people that we had met on previous builds but we all got together as a group in Fort Myers and did a build for a week and also celebrated the program and it was it was great the program's been around for quite a while then it's a well-kept secret within habitat so all these people come with different life skills yes and, and different RVs and different <laughs> RVs and different life skills right but there's something for everybody to do that's correct yes ma'am we can teach them that's right we you can you can you know run the nail magnet across the job site pick up nails and things tidy up sweep up make sure every yeah. Daniel, tell us some of the things that you've done. Well, uh, we've done from framing, building up, you know, putting up walls, new construction, to painting, to hanging cabinets, putting down flooring. We've done a couple collegiate challenges. Okay, the very first job, what did you do? Oh, the first job was in Dade City, and it was fabulous. I built with some ladies. It was, it was a co-ed build, just like they all are. But anyway, I wound up with a group of gals that taught me about putting in hurricane clips for roofing and it, they were fabulous they showed me how to take a um, a pliers a pair of pliers hold the nail because they're little short stubby nails for this and you have to put an anchor in where the where the top plate meets the i can't think of the word now anyway for the roof it's so that the roof doesn't fly off if there's a hurricane so these brackets are about this long but they have five nails on each side okay so and they're short stubby nails so you take a pliers 
get your hammer so you don't, that you don't hurt yourself and you put it in there and they were awesome i love we just had we just met with a couple from that first build which was 10 years ago they just came to our house in georgia and stayed with us for a, a, now a it's night a two-week commitment two-week commitment it, is there a backlist or yes if, there's if, a, if up, you sign if it's full online you just do, everything is online which is great it's convenient that way for our beers so you go online you can sign up for our monthly newsletter no spam or anything it just tells you the latest and greatest builds when you go to the website you can click on the i can show you if you want me to show well, it won't show okay won't show. okay go to the website you can sort by state or by date and it'll you click on the build it'll tell you where you're building the duration what type of work you're going to be doing the camping amenities and the cost if there is a cost yeah. you will always have water and electric I'm just wondering, is there any kind of tax write-off for yes. the person? Okay. Yes. When you're traveling, your mileage to get to the the build, yes, you can you can put that on your taxes. And you say there, you do camp at the site or nearby? It depends. Right. Sometimes you're camping in a church parking lot. Sometimes you're at a fairgrounds. Sometimes you're at a site that was built for the caravanners, like Dade City. They built the campsite for the caravanners. Safe places? Yes. Yes. Well, I think this is a great way for people to use their RVs and make a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And all of us want a purpose. We want to serve. We sure. want to give back. Want we don't want back. to just sit there and That's eat potato right. chips and That's right. watch meaningless TV. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So in the evening, after you're finished for the day, then we have potlucks or we have social hour. So you find out where people have traveled, what sightseeing they've done. And it's a great way to meet other RVers as well as helping you're you're off to where after this dade city florida for two weeks then sebring for two weeks and what are you going to do there whatever they need done yeah what's build the, houses what's the hardest thing you ever did uh roofing yeah what's the what's the most fun thing you ever did uh laying out floors i yeah. love that i yeah. love layout it's not the socializing after well that, that's always good yeah. <laughs> happy hours we got good happy hours so let me ask you don what was your life RV life like before you started this and how did this change it for you? Well, I met this booth here six years ago and I was just an RV, I wasn't even an RV owner at the time, I was a wannabe. And I bought a little class B plus van and I saw that they wanted some help down here and I said, that's what I'll do. So I found out that Dade City needed help. They were an hour north of here. So I come down and do this, then I go to Dade City. And this year, I'm, I used to stay four weeks in Dade City, but it gets a little old staying four weeks in one place. So now I'm going to Sebring, see what it's like down there. How many builds do you do a year? Uh, I do a month down here, and then I work at my home back in Roanoke, Virginia. I build back there, New River Valley, and usually volunteer for them. This has uh, become a big part of your life. Oh, it's very much so. I, I'm the number one volunteer in my area. That's what I like doing because I can walk away from it. It's a time commitment and it's volunteer. Now, what did you do for employment before you started doing this? I was an air traffic controller for the federal government. <laughs> <laughs> so does, do you kind of get a little like, all right, those nails got to go in deeper, don't hit you. No, 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 no. I, I've, I've done that a long time ago and I get rid of it. So. Thank you for spreading the word about this too. We really appreciate that. That's a big help. Because a lot of people know about Habitat, but they don't know about the RV Caravanners. Yep. So that's why we're here. here. Thanks so much for stopping. I appreciate it. 
RVing with a purpose. Don't we all want a purpose? And Danielle, she was so on fire, so excited, such a believer in what they're doing. And who wouldn't be excited to make a difference and to help people out who need a helping hand? So a lot of those people that we met uh, that are involved in that, they they come back year Mm -hmm. after year and sometimes multiple times a year. And uh, it's quite a community that forms up and uh, we'll put uh, a link in the description below and in the show notes for this episode and uh, you can uh, learn all about uh, RVing, RV travel with a purpose through Habitat for Humanity. Coming up, the RV news of the week. Stay with us. Tired of overcrowded campgrounds and competing for reservations, paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is an emerging trend in RVing that might be right for you. It was for Jen and me. We bought some land just west of Nashville, Tennessee in an incredible collection of mountaintop RV properties called the Woodlands at Buffalo River. These are 5 to 62 acre properties that allow RVs year-round starting at $79,900 and we loved it. The scenery is breathtaking and you can own it outright. It's not a timeshare, it's your property, your way. You can landscape, garden, bring your pets, build what you want to. There's high-speed internet. And it's so private. It's a great place to make your home base. No more calling around for reservations, ready whenever you want. And they're selling these properties by appointment, five to 62 acres, $79,900. Financing, big discounts available on multi-lot packages. For information, visit myrvland.com, myrvland.com. When we're on a road trip, we always seem to find a way to stop at a Camping World Center. There are over 225 Camping World locations across the country, and there's always one close by when we need parts and accessories for our RV or just want to shop. In fact, uh, we have so much fun with uh, Camping World, and as we talk about it as one of our sponsors, they have agreed to offer a 10% discount if you use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you buy $99 or more in merchandise. You'll find everything you want from outdoor furniture and appliances, the ones you see us use in our videos and that we talk about here in the podcast. RV extras that include everything from camping chairs to fire pits, electrical accessories, must-have gadgets. Check them all out. And again, don't forget, use the coupon code RVLIFESTYLE10 when you visit CampingWorld.com. Welcome back to the RV News of the Week, and we have some good news to report. Yeah, this is a story that we have been following. Seems like every week we've been talking about RVers who have uh, had rude awakenings at RV parks and at RV dealerships and in campgrounds to find that thieves have come and stolen the catalytic converters off their motorhomes. Well, finally, it looks like Congress is moving to do something about this national problem of catalytic converter thefts. Uh, a bipartisan group, can you actually believe that there was a bipartisan group that came to agreement in the U.S. Senate? Uh, introduced a bill to stop thieves who target catalytic converters in RVs and other motor vehicles, and it would require every catalytic converter to be stamped with a VIN number so that police and then scrap dealers would know whether they're dealing with stolen property. Uh, Right now, they're untraceable, and uh, people have been talking for years that they need it, Uh, Now, this is a bill that's proposed, uh, but it would make it a federal crime to steal 
or sell or traffic in stolen converters and it would provide uh, grants for dealers and repair shops to stamp VIN numbers on them when existing RVs or other vehicles are in for work. Um, now, it was just introduced last week. It's got a number of steps to pass before becoming law, but it is encouraging, isn't it, to see this issue getting some attention from Congress. Uh, I mean, thieves are stealing catalytic converters because they, con they, they contain very valuable metals, precious metals, platinum, uh, palladium, rhodium, um, and uh, they sell them. And uh, replacing the converters is very expensive, typically thousands of dollars. The insurance company's getting ripped off. Um, we've written a couple of stories about it, and uh, we've continued to cover this ever since we started hearing about it several years ago. So some good news now. Let's just hope it goes all the way through. I'm really excited about this. Somebody must have stolen a catalytic converter from somebody they shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, finally. To get yeah. both both houses working together with this yeah yeah <laughs> both sides that's incredible now we've got another story we keep telling you about california and the floods the devastation and just try to keep you updated as to what's going on now so they're continuing to do the cleanup after last month's storms caused massive flooding and mudslides and down trees and just a mess out there as of last uh, weekend, 19 state parks remained completely closed and 36 were partly closed as they're working to repair roads and cut down trees and all the mess that's out there. And Los Padre National Forest was especially hit hard. And some uh, think it's going to be closed until like March 14th, and so that's a long, long time. In California, if California is where you're headed for your immediate camping, plans make sure you check ahead and you know it really doesn't matter where you're going you need to check ahead and make sure that something hasn't happened that you don't know about so uh extreme weather messes yeah, everything up it does and uh, california's still like you said recovering it's going to be mm -hmm. going to be a while yet uh in case you didn't know this last year was the most booked camping season ever with campsites five times harder to find in 2022 than pre-pandemic. Uh, this is according to a study, a report that was done by The Dirt, which is a, a campground finding uh, app. Uh, they did their 2023 camping report and it shows something I think so many of us experience all the time. Finding a campsite is really hard. Um, it's the increase in camping's popularity it is showing no signs of slowing down. That's one of the reasons so many people are buying their own RV property so they can build uh, their own campsites and invite their friends there. Uh, we heard that over and over this weekend when we were meeting with folks that were down in Tennessee uh, looking at the woodlands. Um, but I, I was struck that finding a campsite is five times more difficult now than it was before the pandemic. And we knew it was crowded before the pandemic. It was crowded before. And, and what's interesting is a third of all the campground managers that they, they surveyed mm -hmm. said that they had added campsites. Um, and the estimate now of campers in the U.S. is about 80 million. So wow. 80 million people are out there camping every, every uh, season. Um, so congratulations to the DIRT for doing that study. It confirms that we kind of knew all along but it also is uh, it's good to have the evidence to back it up it is hard to find a campsite out there all right now 
some news. The Biden administration is doing a one-year-long study about the population of grizzly bears. Do we have too many grizzly bears out there wandering around? And the uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is reviewing information at the governors of Montana and Wyoming. They're concerned about grizzly bears, just maybe being too many of them. They're just outside Yellowstone and Glacier National Park. It's not like they're everywhere running around in the country, too many yeah, of them. Yeah, those are the most popular Areas yeah, right around those two parks. So when the review is finished, if the agencies decide that grizzly bear protection is no longer needed, then they're going to begin another process to uh, remove the protection, which could lead to many states making grizzly bear hunting legal. And grizzly bears, they were put on the Endangered Species Act in 1975 when their population got down to seven to 800 of them. So that's hardly any at all. In the 1800s, it was estimated there were 50,000 grizzly bears wandering around North America. You remember when we uh, traced the Lewis and Clark expedition that one summer, a few summers back, and uh, we we read the uh, the diaries of Lewis and Clark uh, as they led their exploration team, and over and over they were encountering these grizzly bears out west. And I kept thinking to myself, what you know, did they see them that much? I mean, we see grizzly bears when we go to Glacier and Yellowstone, but not as much as these guys did. And um, that's why fifty thousand of them in the eighteen hundreds. All right, last uh, story. We were just down in Tennessee this weekend, and. Uh, uh, we found a, a, I thought this is a cute story to end, uh, end the news of the week. Um, if you um, have your Valentine's Day uh, plans made, you might want to think about, depending on where you're going camping in your RV, you could find a, a very romantic evening in Tennessee. Seven Tennessee parks are offering romantic four-course candlelight Valentine dinners for two uh, on uh, next Wednesday, February 14th. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes for it. Um, Kentucky State Parks are doing the same thing. If you're RVing, they've got some parks that, that have uh, food uh, preparation facilities and restaurants. Uh, they're offering meals and live shows and nature walks, all sorts fun. of stuff. Yeah. I bet your dessert's going to be some more. No, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Dessert would probably be some more. So, and we're going to have a great interview on the podcast next week about a couple that found love in an RV park. And uh, just, I don't want to give it away. You'll have to listen to that podcast next week. All right. When we come back, we have our uh, new travel tech segment with uh, an app that you'll want to check out, uh, one that we just used ourselves. So stay with us. When we're asked what's the most important modification we made to our RV, it's an easy answer. Battleborn batteries. Battleborn batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And Battleborn batteries are protected by a 10 year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And they'll probably be the same on your rig too. Battleborn battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our Battleborn batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. 
Welcome back, and now it's time for New Travel Tech. And this segment is brought to you by our sister blog, NewTravelTech.com. Please go over and check that out sometimes. It's our sister blog, and it covers how technology is enhancing the entire travel experience, all different kinds of travel, not just RVing. But um, what we want to talk about this week is an, an app and a service that we just used uh, on our, our most recent trip called Neighbor.com. Very easy address, Neighbor.com. And here was our dilemma. We had our fifth wheel with us in Florida, and we wanted to spend some time uh, in our condo on the Emerald Coast. But what did we do with the condo? Or what did we do with the fifth wheel? Because we couldn't park it in the... Uh, in the parking lot uh, we were stuck well we found a wonderful place we didn't know this was really out there because we've never had this situation before where we've had a big vehicle that we needed to store someplace neighbor helping neighbor yep so this neighbor.com site it's kind of like an airbnb for storage solutions where people open up Sometimes it's their driveways, maybe some businesses it's a parking lot, some people it's the back 40, as it was for us. Uh, we found an awesome site in Baker, Florida, from uh, a guy named Richard, and uh, Richard had uh, 40 acres out there, and we were able to drop off our fifth wheel and leave it there secure. You can even buy insurance through this neighbor app for a reasonable fee, so if something should happen, you're covered. And then we, were, we didn't have to worry about the fifth wheel while we went down and hung out on the beach in a condo for a while. And we weren't tying up an RV spot at some campground when we you know, wouldn't be staying there. And it's available for somebody else. And this is a lot cheaper leaving it in, at this field yeah, like this. Yeah, it, it really is. It's, some of these sites you can get for under 50 bucks a month. You know, and if you've ever tried commercial storage facilities, be it for a trailer or a boat or a truck or... Uh, businesses use it for fleet storage. Um, these are really reasonable rates, and uh, we could not have been happier. And it gives us assurance that we can bring our fifth wheel down. We can go to the condo. We got a safe place to drop it off and pick it up when we left. And could not have been easier. And some of you out there might have some property around your house. Yeah, you can. You can. You could out too. make a little extra money. Why not? So the site is neighbor.com. And uh, it's just well worth checking up uh, if you have a, a, an RV that you need to store. Again, uh, our Travel Tech of the Week segment is always brought to you by NewTravelTech.com. And we urge you to go over there and read all the cool stories about how technology is enhancing travel of all kinds. NewTravelTech.com. Coming back, the RV Questions of the Week. One of the most exciting developments for RVs is happening out west in Arizona. Western Land and Ranches is selling five-acre high-elevation ranches just off the famous Route 66, the birthplace of the American road trip. Prices start at only $39,900, and these are beautiful, secluded tracts of land surrounded by majestic mountain ranges with sweeping valley views. The high elevation is a unique microclimate as well, giving you cooler temperatures, green grasses, and tree cover, making it unique for desert property. The community is in the center of it all, close to the best of the West, Grand Canyon, Las Vegas, Lake Havasu, Lake Mead, Lake Mojave, the Colorado River, Flagstaff, Sedona, and Historic Williams. If you're tired of crowded RV parks and paying high fees for sites, well, ownership might be right for you. This incredible collection of mountaintop properties called Greenwood Ranches hit the market 
and it's selling out fast. There is no HOA. You can build a house, a cabin, outbuildings, or just RV. It's your property, your way, 100% ownership. Visit the website to get details and set up a showing, ArizonaRVLand.net. That's ArizonaRVLand.net. Welcome back, everybody. Time now for the RV Questions of the Week. We love to get your questions. We love to get your comments. You can reach us through our private email, which is Mike and Jen at RVLifestyle.com. You got a question for us? Question number one is from Chris. I'm new to your podcast and thoroughly enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I have a question. My wife and I have been camping for almost 30 years and will be retiring in a few years. Though we will not be going full time, we're planning some long RV trips like two to three months at a time. Cost aside, what's the most practical setup for this? A class A? C, Super C, fifth wheel. We're currently, we currently own a 36-foot travel trailer, which is more than adequate for our needs regarding space and storage, but are not sure if this will be practical. Chris, that's a great question, and it's one you know is impossible to answer because we don't know your camping style, but we can gather a couple of clues from what you said. Um, first of all, you said t- long trips, two to three months. So the question we would ask is, do you plan on uh, using the RV in one spot, keeping it in one spot for a week, two, three weeks at a time, and then exploring and then maybe moving a little bit? Or do you plan to be moving all of that time, you know, a couple of days here, a couple of days there? Uh, that would be a big factor in deciding it. Mm-hmm. And if you were going to keep it in one spot, uh, your note said, I mean, we look at the question, you said that what you have is uh, is very adequate for you. 36-foot travel trailer. 36-foot travel. That's very big. Yeah, it, it sounds big. And in terms of practicality, if you're moving from place to place, there are places you will find that you can't get a big rig like that in. They don't have the room. So uh, if you plan on leaving it in one spot and making that your base of operations and staying there for a long time, keep what you have. If you're going to move around a lot, then I think you need something that's a little more maneuverable. Don't you think? Uh, yeah. It, it, but like Mike says, you're going to stay or you're going to be going. So maybe, uh, you know, a class, uh, you didn't write a class Super B, C. which is really small. Yeah. I um, think they don't want to be. Yeah. Uh, it would be pretty cramped for you to go from a 36-foot trailer down to even a standard class C uh, motorhome which is pretty mobile, pretty easy to get around in. Uh, so you could certainly do that, but I think that you would find it very crowded coming from the 36 foot down to just a standard class seat, don't you? I've got a feeling you're gonna be towing a car. Yeah, and that's, that, yeah, I didn't ask that, but that's very important. Um, a Super C, that's pretty big, and a Class A can be as big as, or bigger than what you have now. Uh, I would think that you are going to have a little trouble downsizing a lot. So I would urge you to think about maybe a Class A. Some Class A's are very small, 28 feet, and they go all the way up to 40-foot diesel pushers. So find an RV show and go investigate Class uh, A motorhomes. Just from the clues that you gave us in that question, I think more than a Super C uh, I think a Class A would be uh, what I would consider doing. Then you still are towing a vehicle, 
but uh, and that would be your that was what you could go out and explore with. But it's a little easier to move around the class A, I think. I don't know how much you want, how much a home you want to bring with you. You're used to camping. You're used to weeding out things and just taking a few things, and you might not need as much room as you think. Yeah, good point. Um, I right, question uh, from James that came in this week. And James says, what is the best way to sell my RV not using a dealership? Would appreciate your insight. Uh, well, first of all, dealerships, if you can get somebody to sell it on consignment, it's a pretty good deal for you because they do all of the negotiating and all the haggling and all of the paperwork for you. But if you want to sell it yourself and then make the maximum money, then um, you want to get the word out. And the only place I really recommend is um, RV Trader. Uh, we have no connection with them at all, but they've been around for years. Uh, they, it's, a, it's a classified uh, publication. You buy an ad for it and you can sell your RV. Um, we just talked to a guy who had an ad and he put it in and he had an offer like within 24 hours. So. Uh, I would try RV Trader. That's the best way to do it. Yes, you can advertise it on Facebook and Craigslist and all those sites, but um, you're going to get uh, you're going to really get a lot of scam artists. I mean, I would never use Facebook. I don't think Facebook Marketplace is even doing cars anymore. Hmm. Um, I don't know whether Craigslist what their situation is, but if you go online, you're going to get all sorts of scam artists, guaranteed guaranteed uh so i'd go with rv trader and see how that works but um, our experience in facebook marketplaces it's not worth it because <laughs> uh, we're in the big city yeah well even it happens everywhere yeah all right that's the podcast this week uh what do you think got comments on anything you heard on the program please send us your your comments and your questions as well our personal email address is mike and jen at rvlifestyle.com. We'll be back uh, with a Valentine's Day edition of the RV Podcast a week uh, from uh, now on February 14th. Wherever you guys are, we hope uh, hope you, have, you travel safe and we hope we get to meet you down the road someday. Happy trails. Happy trails.